Wait a minute, look! It's Captain Hindsight! Ah, oh, no! What seems to be the problem? It's that BP oil rig, Captain Hindsight! It drilled into a marine sanctuary, and the environment is being poisoned! If we can't stop it, the spill could reach New Orleans! Hmm. All right. You see where that rig is drilling? Yes. It's in too deep of water. They shouldn't have drilled in that deep of water because now they can't get machines deep enough to fix the spill. Aha! Yes, yes! Now, if it's a valve that ruptured, then what they should have done is installed a backup valve in case that valve broke. I believe they did install a backup safety valve, Captain Hindsight. Hmm. Right. Then they should have had a backup safety valve to that backup safety valve. My god, he's right! My work here is done! I'm off to find others in need! God bless you, Captain Hartzart! God bless you! People of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys, it's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here's your host, Derek McCaw, cramp in my neck. What? That's, I've, I've changed my surname, it's now a hyphen, Derek McCaw, cramp in my neck. Um, I'm, that's, that's, I'm, I'm from the Long Island, cramp in my neck. You're getting confused with too many other Derek McCaws. <laughs> oh, no, that was teenage. Look, there's at least three. <laughs> <laughs> One of us are, fr- you know, I'm friends with the East Coast Derek McCaw. Apparently, there's the San Francisco. So there's Derek uh, McCaw cramping my neck. There's Derek McCaw grabbing my back, and then yeah. there's squeezing my thigh. Yeah. Uh, I that was from the Atlanta squeezing my thighs. <laughs> and uh, anyway, this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting on a Wednesday, June seventeenth. June is busting out all over. <clears throat> Sorry. Anyway, uh, and it's uh, 8.42, um, but we stopped paying attention to the internet about 7 p.m., so any news that happened after 7 p.m. on June 17th, we are not responsible for, but we've got some cool things to talk about, you know, because we're kind of recuperating from the fantastic 400th episode, and this is episode four. Fantastic 400. Oh. That pun. Where were you guys on Saturday? I'm recuperating from that pun. That pun, still better than the upcoming Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll be talking about that in a moment. But, uh, yeah, so if you're listening to us on iTunes, please rate us, please subscribe to us, and please tell your friends, assuming you're enjoying it. You can also do the same thing on the Stitcher app, as well as, of course, find us at www.fanboyplanet.com. And while you're there, hey, maybe you'll hear something about something that you would like to, uh, talk, uh, to purchase for yourself and you can find a handy dandy Amazon link to uh, go and look for the things we talk about on this podcast however I do say that is if you cannot find it at your local comic book store or local bookstore first we do believe in supporting the small business owners buy local buy local and then donate money to fanboy planet because we got comic-con coming 
Why should you send us to Comic-Con? You shouldn't. But you can still kick in a dollar or two if you're enjoying this podcast. And uh, if you resent my inveigling here, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. If you want to know what inveigling is. (laughs) (laughs) It only costs a dollar to find out, I am not even sure if I used the word correctly because suddenly a polysyllabic term fell out of my mouth. And anyway, we've got uh, some comics news. We got some movie news. We got some TV news. Again, I'm still really excited that we had Kevin Rubio. That was good timing la- uh, yeah. for Saturday. And it was great to have Ben Costa and James Parks uh, of Rickety Stitch and the Gelatinous Goo. And we'd like to say that uh, James works for Strike Brewing Company in San Jose. And so tonight's episode, we're unofficially being sponsored by Strike Brewing Company because he gave us a bottle of wit. So tonight, we are powering through. We have a pint of wit, liquid wit, a piece, and apply, that is it. We have a pint of wit. We have a, a pint of wit, and it's a session series wheat beer. Uh, so anyway, uh, thank you, thank you, James Parks. Uh, so we got comic news, like I said, but we've also got letters. It's not uncanny. We've got Fanny Bale. That's fantastic. We have two emails this week. We appreciate that, which, of course, you can contribute by writing into editor at fanboyplanet.com. First is from someone who has not uh, uh, written to us for a while. Good to hear from him. Rob Cordway, a long-time listener. And uh, I say Great a long, comedian. A long-time... Uh, no, no, Comedic actor. No, not not Rob Cordry. No. Um, though oh, that, I thought you said Cordry. Court, Cordway. Cordway. That would be awesome if Rob... You think I'd be that calm <laughs> if Rob Cordry wrote to us? Good Lord. Well, I, I just thought Rob Cordway kept writing in. Rob yeah. Cordry. Rob Cortaway, who uh, is a customer, I, I believe still a customer at Elusive Comics and Games. Uh, that's how I first met him when we were podcasting out of there. Um, but I haven't seen him in a while. But, of course, I've been going at odd times, so I don't know. But it is nice to hear from him, and I, and I thanked him for this. He just wanted to let us know, in case we did not know, that the Disney Cruise Line is having Star Wars Days in January to celebrate uh, I'll be right Force back. Awakens. i got to make a trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need so, to book some travel. So you go Excuse like me. on a five-day cruise, and one day is Star Wars-themed. So they're doing this early next year in tandem with the release of the new movie. He's doing the January setting Star Wars plus Disney Cruise Line equals perfect. Now, is that the East Coast Star Wars? Let's try Disney Cruise. <laughs> yeah, the East Coast Star Wars because there's going to be a Star Wars battle, yeah. which seems a little weird. Uh, well, Wars there is an East Coast Star Wars in, in the yeah. park too. So, uh, yes, there is. Uh, uh, they they are. Uh, it's it's the one that goes to the private island that Disney owns. Castaway K. Castaway K. Been there. Loved so, it. So anyway, and Rob also, you know, he recently got married and yeah. his honeymoon. It, not only he, he was married on the ship, nice, and then did the honeymoon at Castaway. Very Bay. nice. So uh, very much, very much uh, a Disney fan. I don't know why we're not closer friends. Perhaps this will be the moment that we say, Rob, we can hang out more because um, you're a Disney nut like the rest of us. I, and uh, anyway, so that was just him letting us know that that was happening. And there are select days, and you can find it at DisneyCruise.Disney.Go.Com. Uh, under uh, and then under ships activities, so there's a listing, and there'll be all the characters will be out there for signing for the kids. A vague promise of activities appropriate for children. I don't know what's appropriate for adults, but uh, again, I, as I often have to remind people when we go to Disneyland, there people, there are no trampling of small children. Do not no. do not trample small children to get what you want. You haven't lived on a Disney. Cruise you haven't lived until, until you trampled a small no, child. Until you karaokeed with Vader. You go karaoke with me. It's much the same, uh, especially if I've got my uh, CPAP machine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, oh, that's really fun because actually what I really enjoy is I test it by opening my mouth because the air is coming out and being forced that way. Yeah. So I I don't know if anybody else can hear it, but it's hilarious to me to hear that in my head of the <laughs> going like I become a vacuum. Um, anyway, thanks for that digression, people, and you're probably all horrified now and going, you know. Wives turning to the husband saying, don't get a CPAP. Okay, so uh, anyway. Oh, I didn't even see there was a photo attached with this. So I get a good question from Lewis Stone Cologne. I, I believe I answered him correctly, but I thought I'd throw it out here because Nate will probably know better. And I just... Uh, oh, God. This is a lot of pressure. Do I need to use the internet? No, it's a Red She-Hulk question. He bought a trade paperback. Red She-Hulk, Hell Hath No Fury. Uh, mm-hmm. and, it's, uh, and his question was, why does Red She-Hulk volume number one cover... Issues number 58 to 62. Why is that volume one? I'm confused. So my answer to him was my belief that Red She-Hulk had been a couple of other titles. I was thinking it was the one that had been Incredible Hulk, then became Incredible Herc. Yeah. Then became something else, and then became Red She-Hulk. Am I right? Uh, I want to say no. I want to say Red She-Hulk was originally... The Hulk title, yeah, that then became She-Hulk. But I'm looking it up right now using the power of the interweb. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I don't, I, excuse me. Sorry. I don't remember the Hulk magazine turning into it. I remember when it, it became the Incredible Hulk. But I think yeah. that's the only time. Right, that did was it. Incredible Hulk became Incredible Hulk, and that was at the same time Incredible. But it was it was actually. Uh, it was Amadeus so was when, and Hercules. Yeah. Right. And that was Planet Hulk time. Right. And then after that, Hulk started. That was the the Red Hulk book. Right. The mystery and of the I Red Hulk. And I believe Red Hulk went up to issue 57. Oh, so it was Red and Hulk became, became Red, Red She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Okay. Ah, okay. Okay. So the spirit of my answer was correct. The letter was completely wrong. Yeah. So Red She-Hulk was issues 58 through 67 and red hulk we we know was we just know. called hulk yes. yeah and it was issues hey, he doesn't question that he was questioning 57. the trade paperbacks called red she hulk right so that's why yeah they just yeah. changed the name but kept the old numbering right and i'm trying to figure out what what's the advantage of that i know in the old days none in a well, just no, like no, the no. way they change incredible hulk to incredible no, hulk there was kept a, the hulk numbering. there was a traditional reason in the early days of marvel because they were limited to how many books they could publish and that it was carried through the mail so there was a limitation there they really had to, if you, that's that's why you'd have tales to astonish became one title spun out to become a new when when because basically Marvel was originally distributed by the same company that distributed DC and essentially whoever was who owned National Periodical owned the distribution company oh. so they limited Marvel to six books per month that's why there were so many bi monthlies because then it was only six every per other, month yeah, every yeah. every month and they could so they could, the best they could squeeze out was twelve titles which you couldn't do with Spider Man so really the best they could do was like eight titles because you had Fantastic Four Spider Man. And uh, Avengers was popular, you know, but X Men was bi- was bi monthly, and uh, so you'd spin. Why that uh, is Tales of Suspense was Iron Man and Captain America, and then um, Captain America starts over with starts with number one hundred four or one hundred five because that was Tales of Suspense, right? Right. And then Iron Man started with a number one. 
after years of being What was in the that one? There was only one issue of it. It was Iron Man and Submariner, wasn't it? Well, maybe was that... Maybe there that was, was there was a space. transition book between what was two the series. no I mean Submariner I know was in another title as well Tales to Astonish was Submariner and Hulk for and some Hulk. time yes okay and that's why Incredible Hulk went one through was, six was, and then one oh two thank you on. that's exactly there was a, literally a one shot book which was divided between two titles and I think it was Submariner and Iron Man at one point Inhumans and Doctor Doom that was later much later. I'm talking the late 60s was the first one. That's that's Iron so. Man and Submariner was called Iron Man and Submariner. And there's only Some one issue. Those? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well. 1968. A little on the nose with the title there. <laughs> it was a team-up book. And decided, it's calling the Fantastic Four, Mr. Fantastic Two Storm. And, Storm and, and, you would, and, you, and you really didn't want to have a book featuring <laughs> one character who could rust the other. So, uh, anyway. Let's talk about regular comics. Uh, not 1968, although we might you know, go back there. I don't know. Um, it was announced this morning that uh, two companies that I did not realize were actually really publishing seriously uh, merged to make people pay attention before Comic-Con that they're publishing seriously, which was Devil's Due Entertainment, where I had thought that most of the things that, Devil, that made Devil Due's, Devil, Devil's Due's name was the G.I. Joe right? And the I think they had even had Transformers before IDW got it. And now it's all over to IDW. So I think yeah. that the things that it really pushed it, they lo- they don't they didn't yeah. have. But they are publishing a book called Squarriors about squirrel warriors. And um, isn't that a cross media thing? Wasn't there another yeah. Squarriors? I think there is. I think there is. Yeah. And uh, so they merged with First Comics. Now we had covered that First Comics was coming back, but I hadn't seen any titles out there. So. They're combining forces. I think First has been more of a media company dealing with, uh, they're kind of trying to do transmedia stuff, IPs. And so the idea of being the two recognizable mm-hmm. t- uh, publishing imprints becoming one, it might give them a little goose to get more projects done. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's out there. They, Maybe even more projects they want to film. Right. So in the next couple of weeks, there's going to be a big, uh, I'm sure, a huge flurry of projects being announced from... Uh, the Devils Do First Comics merger, which I'm not sure if they're... I think they're just calling themselves Devils Do slash First. First Comics. Yeah, I think that's what I saw in one of the books. Yeah, so or the, anyway, you know, so, you know, that's that's cool and interesting, and we were big fans of First Comics back in the 80s. Yep. Really one of the pushers uh, before Image Comics of, of making uh, independent comics viable. Yeah. Uh, as E-Man, yes, which was a Charlton character first. Yep. Uh, way back when, when Charles was like the distant fourth behind Gold Key, uh, <laughs> and so uh, wow, that, that was a great great time for Charlton too because they had like Space Nineteen Ninety Nine and John Byrne was drawing that the and, Doomsday Plus One, yeah, and, Doomsday and, Plus One, and what was the Space One? There was uh, uh, Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. Well, no, there was no. another. There was another. No, it's, it's not yeah because it's not about Charlton. And aside from E Man, they didn't really have. They first. also did uh, Ninja Turtles trades. Oh. First did okay. Yeah, I, four I volumes of trades. Them. They did Star Slayer and Captain Victory and the Galactic Rangers came from there, mm-hmm. and um, so Sailor on the Sea of Fate uh, and Elric. Elric. They did an yeah. Elric miniseries. I did several. They actually, I think they adapted several of the. Of I the, believe they did uh, of the Eternal Champions, and uh, so. 
uh, before Nate falls asleep here, uh, <laughs> I, I do want to mention that Titan Comics has announced that they are doing, uh, what do they call it, a series two, a year two of their Doctor Who books. And uh, they're going to bring back a character that had appeared uh, last season in on a video screen, which was, uh, and it had previously been only in comics. Last season in the TV show. In the TV show, yes. I'm sorry, because I did say it was year two or season two, whatever yeah. they're calling it. So, uh, yes, Absalom Doc, Dalek Hunter, is going to be uh, revived in the comics and meeting uh, the Doctor, which... I don't know if that had ever happened before, and I don't know which doctor it's going to be. I don't think it did. It was very much a 2000 AD kind of series. Story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was a good story. A good, uh, yeah. Good crack at the the whole Hoover's. Yeah, gonna... So for fans of uh, the more experimental DC New Fifty Two books, one being Clarion the Witch Boy, who I think joined the Teen Titans and maybe part of the new title there. There was a miniseries, I think it was meant to be an ongoing, that was like six issues, and they had said that it was going to be gathered into a trade. And uh, they announced today that it is unfortunately canceled. So go ahead and buy it. If you're interested in Clarion the Witch Boy for in any way, shape, or form, you need to go get those Did you ever like that issues. character? Um, I thought when it was in Seven Soldiers of Victory, they did an interesting... I think that was probably the high point. I didn't like it when it was in Demon. I didn't like but it. But it was going to end. You know, you knew it was just limited to that. Yeah. And uh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. It's, it's one of Kirby's Stranger Ones and Morrison's hand. It got even stranger, and that was okay. And... Um, I just never thought... I mean, never thought the character could cover a hold a book. Yeah, you know? he's better in small doses. Yeah. I think he showed up on a couple of Justice League Unlimited episodes, and mm. uh, he was kind of fun there. But again, he's just... He's fun to be... It's sort of like, as much as I hate to say it, but uh, it's sort of like the Phantom Stranger. It's better when it's someone on the periphery, shows up, you know, creates a thing, but when you're trying... when the When the basic... Uh, premise of a character is you can't know him yeah <laughs> to devote a book and say oh we still can't know him uh yes. <laughs> is awkward but because you know phantom stranger what hooked me on phantom stranger originally was appearances in justice league you know so same thing um all right let's uh let's turn to some comic-con craziness uh there's a lot going it was announced today of course nerd hq is returning uh they released a map today. I haven't had a chance to look at it, but this is like of the five or six, or six downtown locations that Comic-Con itself is officially expanding to as well. So, uh, you know, once again, bigger than ever. And even, you know, the, the Walking Dead experience, which we sent Nate through last year, uh, has officially announced it's Walker Stalker Con. It's not even pretending to be part of comic-con but it's there yeah at, on friday and saturday at in petco are Park. they calling it walker stalker con yep it's walker stalker con which was the one up in san francisco so wow. it's a competing convention or a competing yeah. convention experience right there next to it at the same time i didn't realize i was told today uh by my friend tony caballero from uh Wienopolis, that i didn't realize that WesterCon is going to be down in san diego the week before so for Fourth of July weekend is you know so it's a warm up act. Yeah, please, it's nothing in size. I mean, what's what's Gone, like three thousand? Yeah, it, it's a it's a smaller convention. So I don't I don't. Although know. at least it was when it was in San Francisco. I mean, and was, and well, and we 
we went to it. It's been in San Jose at the Fairmont, and then yeah. we went to Sacramento. Um, and was last year Salt Lake City was where you went? Yeah, I mean Western Salt Lake Con? City. I don't even think they broke a thousand. Yeah, so it's a very small convention. So it's nothing compared to. I thought it was funny that you know Tony said that because I posted uh, a photo today. Uh, Batten Lash, uh, creator of Wolf and Bird. Uh, yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, supernatural detectives. No, they're not. Detectives. Inv- they're lawyers. Uh, yeah, lawyers. They're, yeah, right, uh, right, right. It's Wolf and Bird, and I'll think of, of the attorneys of the mac- macabre or something like. Uh, yeah. Doggone it! I'm sorry, Mr. Lash, for scrambling because I got it right on the website. Anyway, it's he, Wolf and Bird, bird. though. It is Wolf and and Bird, and that much I know. Supernatural law. That's it. We'll just call it there. Supernatural law. Um, uh, so uh, they're really fun stories, and he also wrote. By the way, the greatest crossover in all of comics history, Archie meets the Punisher. And uh, so he took a photo last. He lives in San Diego. He took a photo of a Darth Vader and Chewbacca standing on a corner in the Gaslamp District. And uh, so I said, oh, well, that's, you know, they're already lining up for Hall H. It's that you can see that photo on Fanboy Planet because he was gracious enough to let, let us rep- repurpose it. And uh, and then that's when Tony pointed out, well, maybe they're in line for WesterCon. I'm like, you've never been to a WesterCon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a fun show. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoy it. But it's small. It's intimate. Not like Comic-Con, which is huge and massive. And Rick and I will probably show up at opposite ends of the convention center and not run into each other for five we days. Should do, we should do like a, a short script of two guys lining up for, for <laughs> Hall H. Well, no, no. don't put this in the podcast. Okay. no, no. Oh, Okay. Because okay. what if you do it? No. I mean, two guys lining up like a couple of days ahead of no, time. And the third guy, third guy comes and he keeps on trying to get in front of them. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nate's right. We have to cut all this just in case you do it. Otherwise, Fox will turn it into a series next okay. year. Um, anyway, so it is sprawling, Comic-Con, and we've got Nerd HQ. We've got Walker Stalker Con. Um, and uh, then, I mean, and, and I really want to mention this. I mean, I think you and Nate were talking about it when it gone as well, and you brought it up to me today uh, before we started recording. But it made me truly think of the perspective of how Comic-Con has changed. Mm -hmm. In that yesterday, Conan O'Brien said, uh, announced that he was, you know, doing shows from San Diego Diego and people could get tickets and you have to line up. Even you get your reservation and you get a confirmation. I think the mailing went out to people who had tickets for Comic-Con already. Yeah. Well, the then good. small cadre of people. Then that means we do have tickets because we got the email. But uh, I know we do. But it was just funny. I was like, oh, good. Any any proof that we exist is wonderful. <laughs> you know, because I'm so afraid. Uh, now, I have tickets, but I didn't get the email. I'm sorry. Then then um, maybe it's not for you. Uh, but anyway, uh, no, <laughs> they said put the reservation. But the servers broke down like because everybody responded immediately. Yeah, we got to go to Conan O'Brien. And why I say it's a, it's a, it's a switch is that I can remember, so 11 years ago, you know, I, or really 12 years ago is when, it, when I was working on it, um, maybe like the fourth or fifth time I went down to Comic-Con. I got involved with, with Creative Light Studios doing Mark Hamill's mockumentary, comic book, the movie. And so I hung out and followed those guys because, I mean, it was, you'd get Brian Posehn, Tom Kenny, Mark Hamill. Good good coverage from Comic-Con. It was oh, yeah. fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, got to meet Stan Lee. And um, the thing was, that Comic-Con, Mark Hamill asked permission to film, and they said, well, we don't want you to mock us. 
So first he wouldn't, and Mark Hamill had to convince them, no, I'm really trying to you know celebrate. And now, I don't even know if you can find it, but if you find it like used or something, or it might be on iTunes to download, if you want to see what the convention truly was like Back then. before the media started really turning it into a circus, it's like the, that was like the last year before it started becoming truly insane. Yeah. And you could film a mockumentary on the floor and not have a big, you know. It, Go completely you have like a bunch of security guys saying, you're blocking the floor. I'm sorry. Right, you know. So um, I, I will not speak to, I think there are many parts of that film that I find funny. I will not, uh, you know, user's experience may vary. Some contents may have settled during shipping. <laughs> but truly as, uh, and I've talked to the guys and said that, you know, it's like you should be now repurpose this as, what an artifact. A history of, 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 of... You know, it is really historical. The thing is, Comic-Con was really worried of being mocked. And then, at the same time, they sent Kevin Smith for The Tonight Show for Jay Leno, and he did a series of mocking pieces, but it was because Kevin Smith, who was the god of sure. Comic-Con at the time. And it was mockery. And and good nature from Kevin, absolutely. I'm saying it like I know him. Um, you know, from, <laughs> from Kev. Kev, Kev. Uh... But it was still mockery, and and I still deal with people who who think that because all the media put up all the cosplayers, that as soon as I say yeah I'm going to Comic Con, even said it at work, you know don't forget I'm on PTO because I'm going to Comic Con. Oh, what are you dressing as? Yeah, because everybody dresses up. I'm like that's still really only like it's growing because now really 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 creative people are getting into cosplay and it's fun. Right. But it was you know at best it was ten percent of. But everybody thinks it's the other way around. It's 90% of the people are dressed up. I'm sorry. You can't come in, sir. You have no costume. That's right. Um, but as I've said before, I did essentially the first time I went, was able to just walk up and say, hi, I promise you I work for a website. You want to call my editor? Because uh-huh. before I even founded Fanboy Planet. And they said, yeah, we don't have to call him. We'll trust you. And they let me in. At the time it opened. There wasn't even a preview night then. Right. It was just, you know, just walked up and said, no, I promise you. You know, fine. Go on in. And they gave me a press pass. That was 2000. There's no way that, you know, would happen. That now. doesn't even happen at small cons now. No. Well, the first time I got in as press, it was almost that easy. I mean, it wasn't Comic-Con, but, I mean, when did I start on the podcast? Like 2013? Well, and you worked for More on Life a, a couple of times too, didn't you? Or was it, all, was it through Ben? It was not through Ben. Uh, through Ben, I got in as exhibitor, but that wasn't. It might have. It was either more on life or fanboy planet. And to be but it was fair, and to had, be fair, Nate worked, did work the booth. Uh, yeah, and I just walked in and said, "I think it was for more on life because you and I really didn't know each other that well. I don't think we met you till it was a WonderCon, uh, right? Yeah, it wasn't Comic Con that I got into that easily, but it was. It, I think it was a WonderCon where I just showed them. But there's no way you could even do that at WonderCon now, and you can't do it exactly. At, you know, so <laughs> it's crazy. So anyway, Conan O'Brien's here, and I just thought, hey, there's a shift. It's like, a, a, you know, Jay Leno sent Kevin Smith to do four-minute pieces to mock. And now a talk show host is doing his show from Comic-Con. Uh, a guy who's going to be on, well, Zachary Levi is going to be on Heroes Reborn. He was on Chuck. I mean, a major TV star has set up and modeled. He wasn't on Chuck. He was but Chuck. He was Chuck. He was great, and I I do want to talk to him and say, okay, will you not? Will you drop the phony British accent you used the one time? Well, actually, I've met him twice, and and the the first time he acted like himself, the second time at a party we had a long conversation, 
And he stayed with a Cockney accent the entire time trying to convince me that, that he was real. Cockney. Yes. And I said, you're from Virginia. Uh, I know this, you know. Uh, and anyway, uh, that he can create a side thing. And, yeah. you know, it, it's just. It's, it's so big that the overflow will fund another convention. Two. Or two. Or two. Or you three. Know? I mean, and again, I, I like what Nerd HQ does. If you want to go see, you know, some a panelist, your money goes to the Smile Foundation. I think that's great. You know, I'm not begrudging it. It's just like that, but it's just insane. It's yeah. it's not a carnival. It's a carnival. And, you know, we're going to the flesh pits of San Diego in early July. Um, no, it's not. I know, <laughs> because they want to be family friendly. And if we're lucky, I'll get to zip line over Gotham City again. Uh, but <laughs> but you were saying uh, saying that there's a Batman Day happening as well officially for 76th. Yeah. DC announced, I guess, yesterday that Batman Day is going to be September 26th this year. They oh, did it last year. Right. It was during Comic-Con right. last year. So it's not during Comic-Con this year. It's September 26th. Okay. They had all the promotions in the, at Barnes & Noble. Well, and stuff, good. And then I can be I can be somewhere. I can be home. And I can go around the city wishing everyone a happy Batman happy Day. Happy Batman Day. Finally, my holiday has been enshrined. Na, 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 na to you. That's right. Na, we all have to na, sing na, it. Na. Jingle bells, Batman smells. There already is a carol. It's okay. Um, that's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, and I do want to mention this. We're still on Comic Con to say, you know, first of all, Bat and Lash is with Exhibit A. Um, it always has a booth, so please go to to uh, Bat and Lash's booth and pick up a Supernatural Law book, uh, Wolfenbird. They are hilarious, and because he did spend time as attorney, he may still practice as an attorney, but he knows the law. And they are did uh, first publish that first? Or? I think for a while, yeah. uh, but he did his own Exhibit A Press. Did it, yeah. uh, and he was a web comic for a little while too. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it's very funny stuff. And then he he's written a lot of Archie things, and um, he's a really clever writer and a good cartoonist and very fun stuff. Uh, and we just found out today. I can't tell you where exactly it's going to be but uh if you're a listener to the podcast still one of my favorite podcasts was when we interviewed eternity as eternity and uh the eternity indi- for the, the independent for the independent film eternity the movie from uh last year's cinequest is cinequest 2014 um anyway they have been picked up for distribution by indican pictures so uh, I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing it Indican, Indican. Is I think that a Canadian company? It's probably like in the can. Yeah, I, yeah, it's I-N-D-I-C-A-N. It's a pun on indie Indican. and in the can. Indican Pictures. They, they're home video, but they, at least I can have my Eternity Blu-ray, which I don't have. Uh, now I do. Now I will. Uh, and they will be signing. I believe I, I believe the producer, Eric Staley, uh, messaged me and said it's uh, Saturday and Sunday. At, at the Indican booth. Will they both be there? We'll, um, I don't know if the guys will. Probably Barrett will be. Yeah, Barrett uh, makes it almost everything. Because he, he does. He's, you know, and uh, Miko is just, uh, Miko Olivier is, he's got a lot of work. He's doing work, you know? yeah. Um, and I, I think that Barrett is, is pursuing a musical career right now. He's doing, a, he was just doing, oh, American Idiot in L.A. He was on stage. Oh, cool. So he was in a cast of American Idiot. Very good. And uh, I don't know what company it was that was doing it, but I, but I saw him, he, a couple things but anyway so they'll be there um i don't know where that booth is i tried to look at the map because they've also got an inner uh, a map of the floor but who is they san is diego comic-con has com- a map from the comic-con website I can from get the comic-con this? website but it's really but the only booths that are identified are are the big guns okay so you know like was, we talked about on the four, episode 400 marvel 
Comics is there, just not Marvel Studio. DC, and, and we both, we both know are. that the, the where you have the most fun, where you get the most scoop, where you get to really talk to people is the smaller ones. Is Artist Alley, Small Press, yeah. uh, hang out with uh, Ben over there. Um, lonely, it's not Lonely Island. What do they got? There wasn't. There's one that's called uh, like Small Press Island or Independent Island. Yeah, um, and that's usually where Rafael Navarro is and Mike Wellman with their guns ablazing. I mean, we should do, you know, in a week or two, we'll do kind of a preview rundown of the smaller projects that if people are going, they should really seek out. And I'll try to reach out and contact people and say, like, what's your booth? Because right now, Comic-Con isn't saying who's at what booth, unless you're a really big one. Just like they haven't released the schedule, though we know that some things are happening. We know that there's going to be a a Warner Brothers TV night, which is going to kill. And we we come, you know, they're going to show the, uh, uh, I think they're going to repeat the finale of The Flash. And seriously, I'm tempted to go just to sit with 6,000 other people and see Jay Garrick's helmet come out whoa, of that whoa, 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 whoa. I haven't watched it. Yet. It was Nate. like a month ago. Nate. I'm very busy. I know. I've been there. I'm sorry. I'm uh, four episodes behind. But but that I'm going to hit, you know, the, okay, those key moments where all the geeks are going <laughs> to lactate. That's true. Um, and then they're going to show the Supergirl pilot. And, oh, nice. And I... You already seen it. I, I can speak say for a, a for a, people are gonna go nuts for that pilot. It is yeah. so well done, and I understand there are already already girls getting cosplay costumes together for Superman. I don't think it's because of that, but that's all right. <laughs> um, that's okay. But I, you know, I like that actually in the pilot she goes through all the all the different oh, costumes. Yeah, I, I did see that. I mean, which they've done in all the show, uh, all the series. They did it in Lois and Clark as well. <laughs> really? But <laughs> but that she rejects the ones that are like, yeah, this is not respectful to what a young woman re- right, you know, really wants. Right, right. So they go through, acknowledge those things, then go through. And it's really, to me, it is a sequel to the first two Christopher Reeve movies. Hmm. And that's what, mm-hmm. I, what I liked most about it was you forget the actual Supergirl movie as much as... Forget Smallville. I kind of enjoy... Well, Smallville was, ne- you know... I know. Um, but Dean Cain is is uh, Mr. Danvers, and Helen Slater, who was Supergirl in the movie, right. is Mrs. Danvers. So they're her adoptive parents. They show for like a minute in the pilot, but hopefully they'll be recurring. And and they set it up really well. And if you can you know get over to the guy who played Eggs in True Blood is Jimmy Olsen. Um, and when I realized that, I was like, yeah, he was like a psycho killer on True Blood. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a that was the awkward thing to get over. But it's a Jimmy Olsen who's much older and is a mentor to Kara. Right. And uh, so I, I kind of like that idea. So so there's a way to bridge. And if they do decide, which I hope they do, you know, she's very aware of Superman. It's clearly a lot of backstory where Superman has interacted. It's not like they're distant or anything. Because the Supergirl movie, I, got, I always felt that was the biggest mistake of it. That they was tried that, to do Was insulate. that she never met yeah. Christopher Reeve. She was aware that she had a cousin on Earth, but she never tried to seek him out. And this is, no, he rescued her from the ship, from the Phantom Zone, and and he hid her with the Danvers, and he you know he wanted to protect her. So I'm like, okay, that's it, it. Makes a lot of sense. That works. And and it's just clear. I'm hoping that eventually C- CBS and CW will do a Flash Supergirl crossover. But the way it's set up is there aren't any other heroes but Superman and Supergirl. So uh, I'm hoping that they'll change that rule since Arrow was set in a universe where there were no superpowers. That's, yeah, it's just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. Yay. So we're looking forward to that preview. Yeah, I think that's Thursday. Okay. And uh, Star Wars A New Hope, uh, <laughs> The Force <laughs> Awakens. Um, this movie called The Star Wars. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, it, it, on Friday, don't know the times. 
And again, we can say uh, that uh, your host of the Fanboy Planet podcast will also be hosting, assuming Mark Wade is playing, the Pro Fan Trivia Contest. Uh, at, that we can only hope Michael Davis. Oh, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I'm hoping Michael's coming. I, I just because now that we've had a year to sort of absorb the greatness that is Michael Davis, I'm ready for him. <laughs> I'm so ready. But I, I looked up. I'm doing some of the. You know, I'm starting my research for the trivia uh, for the trivia and the characters that have, are having their anniversaries. Uh, well, so the Joker is fair game. Anything from the Silver Age and the Joker, which would also include his solo series. Uh, I died and went to heaven. Metamorpho. Oh, and I believe yeah. Plastic Man has an anniversary, so it's uh, it's I mean it's limited. To, it's There's a lot be, of a lot of obscurity there, and uh, there are a few and the Spectre. So luckily, oh, yeah. I have my showcase volume of all the '60s and uh-huh. '70s weird adventure uh, Spectre. I'm ready. And uh, the only the only rule I've been given is that one at least one question must have to do with the work of Len Wein, so that he cannot answer his own trivia. Mm. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but I believe it was it was it was just last summer that uh, I I helped him to actually he got his second answer about his own work correct in twenty years. So um, I'm very proud of that. We'll see where Hilarious. the goes. Yes. Well, as I told him, I said like you wrote it once, we read it. A dozen times, you know, so of course we remember that. Um, And the question was, indeed, what were the colors of Wesley Dodd's Sandman costume in the Justice League issue, the demon, the creature in the velvet cage? Which is funny because he wrote it. Yes. He didn't draw draw it. He didn't draw it and color it, but it was, you know, (laughs) it still still counted. Crimson Uh, and purple may seem an odd choice. Oh, and also the X-Men. So I have two issues of uh, of the all new all different X Men, giant size X Men ninety four and I think ninety five were written by him. So I can uh, throw in a question there. Uh, anyway, that's fun. So let's uh, let's talk. About, oh no, it's it's that time. We haven't done this for weeks. We haven't done it for weeks because we haven't had Nate. Go. You know what it is. I have to do it quietly. I know. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? That is a gentle father's version of what's in the bag don't you know scare that the child the mary jane's first words will be what's in, in the, the bag, bag? <laughs> and <laughs> tiffany will go stop <laughs> you can no longer do the podcast uh so nate did you have a chance to get to the store this week today uh i did not however if you i looked at what came out and right. there's only one book i would have even thought of purchasing okay so one round for nate go the Justice League of America number one. Yes. By Brian Hitch. Or it's actually, is it? It is, yeah, JLA. JLA, yeah. yeah but it does say Justice it League says, of America in the subtitle. Yeah, it says JLA on the cover, but then it's listed as Justice League of America. I think they're doing JLA as a logo. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and basically, I know nothing about it. All I know is that apparently Convergence is over. Well, here's what I can say. Here's what I can say we know, because uh, we're both thumbing through our copies. Uh, because Brian Hitch has to work so far in advance in order to stay on schedule, uh, it's pre-convergence because Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman are all the pre-convergence New 52 versions. Because Superman has changed. He's now in jeans and a T-shirt. 
Right. Wonder Woman is... And Batman's dead, right? Batman is uh, Bunny from Tiger and Bunny. It's Commissioner Gordon. And, uh, yeah, so... Nate doesn't know what Tiger and Bunny is. Oh, it's it's an anime and a manga. I don't. And not only that, but I didn't read any of Convergence, so I have no idea. Oh, no, it, it didn't have anything to do with Convergence. They just changed everything in the wake of Convergence. So... Right, but didn't everything happen in Convergence that no. necessitated a change? Nope. Not a thing. So basically they changed everything for no reason. Right. The last issue of Convergence, the DC heroes that we've been used to in the New 52 saw the planet. Do you find that confusing, Nate? How odd. <laughs> Welcome to comics in 2015. Uh, so anyway. Uh, and it, but it does have the new design for Cyborg. That's yeah, I saw that. Just, uh, it's much of, more streamlined. Yeah. Um, it is beautiful stuff. Uh, you know, it's beautiful Brian Hitch art, and it's a huge book, and it's five ninety nine. But definitely, is it really? Yeah, there aren't, there aren't a lot of ads in this thing. No, it's it's very sleek. It's very slick, and uh, so I, it's a know. super glossy cover too. Yeah, yeah, it's a good pack. I, I don't regret it. Um, I will regret it once you know Luke gets a hold of it and ruins its value. But um, <laughs> well, here, here my son ruined the value of this book. It's not going to change anytime soon it, unless yeah. it goes down to three ninety nine. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> all right. So Rick, what would be next in your? Well, let's start off with uh, the. I, I might as well. St- I'll start with Do DC it. as well Do it. because uh, it's one of the few DC books I bought this week, and that is from the Gleason Gray team. We have. Robin, son of Batman, and uh, we've already seen a lot of. I've already seen a lot of interior art from this. I believe from. I've I, yeah, Mick's been posting stuff a, a little bit, but I've, I've tried to avoid it all because yeah. I just wanted to be. I mean, even the it's, thing. It's just as beautiful and slick as Batman. Well, of course, uh, it's because it was Batman and Robin, and so. You know. Um, and this is uh, this is Damien striking out on his own. He's got a little thing going on with this Yeti creature and. Yeah, and he lost his powers. So, yeah, so we're uh, we're looking forward to this uh, tonight. I'll be reading this later tonight. Yeah, that will definitely be for me. Um, all right, I'm going to go next with um, Martian Manhunter number one. So one of the things to say, uh, Nate, just to fill in on the convergence thing, is though it doesn't necessitate. There's nothing in there that spurs it, except that it's a chance to say, okay. We've just exposed you to a bunch of different realities, and we can reboot. So, like we talked about some on the on episode four hundred, and I forgot to mention I, I had written constant. I had uh, bought and then read uh, last night Constantine. Well, I guess it's back to Constantine. No, the show's his name was Constantine. Mm-hmm. So Constantine the Hellblazer, number one, and I gotta say, I am totally digging that one. Really, okay. where it's very clear they've re bastardized him basically and i mean because now that you've they pushed it with the tv show they've seen right. it failed you can return to the the way the hellblazer was and but still he's still set in the dc universe but but all these books are now kind of in a vague way so the one like i picked up this week martian manhunter number one he's part of the justice league right but it all it's almost like reading a batman solo book where it's a story that's going to clearly work best if you think this is a version, almost like the direct-to-DVD movies, right. a version of the Justice League you've never seen before. It does what they do every time a Martian Manhunter launch happens. 
he's not what you think he is. Sure. This is not your father's Martian Manhunter. This is not your older brother's Martian Manhunter. Yeah, or or your uh, childhood, because you refuse to grow up and have, have actually bought five or six reboots of the Martian Manhunters. Yes. Martian Manhunter. And, um, but I like this one, because it's taking what I haven't seen them try before, is truly just go, and I, and I do believe, because the artwork reminded me of it, of what happened, I don't know, it was the same guy, from uh, Dial H. Okay. Uh, China Melville's thing um, that the that uh, it is taking a sci-fi thing and really, really playing up the alienness, the potential alienness of him, and it's an alien invasion story, which we have seen before, but this is coming at it from an angle that we haven't seen done with the character before. So That's I'm good. I'm very intrigued by it. I'm going to at least give it my my three issues. Excuse me. Uh, thank you, Strike Brewing Company, for that. Um, I'm gonna it's give good it, to see you drinking your beer finally. I'm going to give it my three issues and out, but I mean, I might be hooked. At th- I might be hooked. I have to tell you, my, Martian Man, coming from from a Marvel, you know, yeah. upbringing. I was primarily Marvel. Early, early, I was reading other friends' DC books. When I started reading the JLA stories that had Martian Manhunter in it, I thought, oh, they just they they just ripped off the ripped off the vision. Because it was it was kind of like the same oh, kind of stoic and you know, oh no, Marvel Country Mouse. I'm explaining. <laughs> okay, go ahead. But I mean, it was it was very much the same kind of like I stand a little bit aside because I'm a logical alien type yeah. creature. I can become invisible. I'm strong but untested. You know all this all the weird stuff. Um, and then they had the the first reboot where it was like. He's really super alien. Look at that spiky head and the long distended. Uh, um, oh, that was like the second or third reboot well, already. But yeah, after after like mid eighties, you know the yeah uh, where they where they really. I mean, they had some very strange storylines where uh, yeah. they tried to. Uh, was that Morrison? No. no. Well, I mean, Morrison did the JLA one. Yeah, which was great when the white the hyper clan came in. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, my first exposure to him was my cousin, who I'm sure has never, it doesn't even know where I do a podcast, but I'll, I'll name check her anyway, Jeannie Kruger. She was my cousin when I was a little kid. Um, she'd, of all things, she'd get comics. And she'd read them once, and then she'd just say, you know, do you want to read them? She wouldn't give them to me. She'd just let me read them. When I, she'd give them around so that when I came to visit, there was something for me to do. And so it was like a, it was a giant, a hundred page special detective comics and they reprinted the first uh-huh. appearance, the strange experiment of Dr. Ertl. So my first exposure to the Man- Martian Manhunter was actually the first story. And yeah. I knew it was from the fifties. I didn't quite understand. I didn't know yet about how the, all the heroes had kind of gone away from publishing, you know, and that, that Martian Manhunter was one of these stealth characters trying to bring it back. Why is he always just appearing as John Jones? Uh, you know, got that. It was more, you know, now I get the history. And then there was a great, uh, I can't remember who wrote it, but Eduardo Barredo did the miniseries where it was set in right before the Cuban Missile Crisis. And he is three-issue prestige book where John Jones was trying to fit in uh, and solve a murder in, you know, in like in Miami, right, you know, when the tension was growing with Cuba. So uh, that was really interesting. I agree with that. And then there was the Jim, Son of Saturn thing and, 
you know, all kinds of weird things. I've, I've gone through thick and thin, and some people have handled them really well, yeah. and some people have not. Yeah. And I mean, it always seemed like uh, somebody had said, well, let's take Superman, but we'll make him a real alien, and he can read minds, too. And, let's, and uh, his weakness is fire. Yeah. The, the, the weakness is fire thing seems like, this guy's super powerful. We've got to give him a weakness that... It's pretty you know, common that you, yeah. you that anybody could get a hold of, not just kryptonite. You know, well, it kind of makes sense that yeah. you know fire on Mars probably wouldn't have enough oxygen; it'd be rare. Yeah, but I don't think they were thinking that much. I thought it was just a dumbass yeah. weakness. Yeah. Water. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, M. Night Shyamalan Schneider. Uh, <laughs> water is always the weakness. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is one of the. T- it's the best redo they've done in a couple of decades of trying to make him. Go, at least as a first issue. Okay. Let's see if it goes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Nate had only picked one, so I'll go back to Rick. So I'm going to go with uh, another number one this week in Battleworld Thors, which uh, this, I skipped. Is, this has been an interesting – I like the way that they've they defined the world in Battleworld with all the different regions, mm-hmm. but it's not – it's not like they're not connected because they're all under the domain of doom, and the the Thors are basically the police force for all of Battleworld. Um, so I'm looking forward to this one showing us the uh, seeds of discontent be- within the uh, the Thors, and we've got uh, I mean you've got ba- you've got the Storm Thor, Beta Ray Bill, uh, what looks to be um, Odin's son. You've got the new Thor. Um, you got the destroyer Thor in the background. You got Odin. Well, that one on the front. The I think one, this is meant to be old, old Thor. Yeah, the one in the front there is the uh, ultimate Thor. Ultimate, right, right, right. So this one back here is probably Odin's son. The yeah. one that looks at, and you got Frog Thor right in the center oh, where Thor he Oh, Thor is there. Excellent. Yes. So, Thor. Um, I've I've really I when I first saw these guys uh, showing up in the first couple issues of Battle World and stuff I was going oh, that doesn't I, but I'm really digging it I think it it works very well to have um, have these guys uh, be the police force yeah. for Battle World. All right, yeah, um, and and this this is another example of where you run into the same character in multiple battle worlds because you did have, uh, I forget what issue, what issue yeah. it was, the Thors come down and there's Storm Thor there and then Storm yeah. is down on the ground as well as an X-Men. Right, and yeah. so that's confusing and that's being covered in Secret Wars which we'll see in a month or two when it finally next issue comes out. So I'm going to choose uh, one of the Secret Wars books because I picked up, unless it's in your stack. Is that in your stack? It's in my stack, but I'm not picking it. Oh, okay, uh, because I thought that you would go into it and here it is. It's characters meeting their own doppelgangers in a confusing way without but not without precedent which is a classic it's a classic way squadron sinister number one so that's their justice league that's marvel's justice league parody yes um that had begun a villain team and then was created but was also created as a hero team squadron supreme and on uh, an alternate earth on an alternate earth and this is uh where squadron sinister came to our earth Right, but there's also, you know, and they've redone that as well because there was Supreme Power. Yes, par- there were a lot of miniseries. And Supreme Power meant the Ultimates universe, and there have been many Those takes. were really about the same time as the Heroes TV show was out, and they were, like, yeah. trying to say, this is what it would be really like if they were powerful people on our on, on an and Earth. And J-, J. Michael Straczynski yep. wrote that one. Yep. Uh, this is written by Mark Guggenheim, whose work I, I enjoy uh, fairly consistently. And I like, and what caught me was, I think, do I have an alternate cover? 
No, I don't. I have the regular one, uh, which is it's also a parody of old Justice League, uh, Crisis on Earth, whatever. Yep. Crisis on Battle World cover here with both versions of the Squadron uh, side by side. Oh, actually, on the this sidebars. Is, this is Supreme Power uh, on the right. It's not Squadron Supreme. It's uh, Supreme Power because it's Hyperion Nighthawk uh, Blur, who is the Wizard in the yep. uh, Squadron Sinister, and Zarda. Instead of Warrior Woman. Uh, Zarda was a pretty badass character. I haven't had a chance to read this yet, but Carlos Pacheco's doing the art, so it looks really good. And as far as I could tell, just thumbing through it, it doesn't seem to have, uh, this is Provinces, so maybe, maybe uh, it it ties in. But it feels like one of those books that if you really weren't into the main uh, Secret Wars, you could pick this up and still enjoy it. And that's, that's what I'm looking for. You know, out of out of these, because uh, you know, Nate was turned off by Convergence. Totally agree with him. Um, although I think for what it has accomplished, I think Convergence is going to have the lasting effect, and is at least it rebooted in a in a in a way, in a good way. Whereas I think the Secret Wars is you're gonna you're gonna fall in love with the book, and it's only going to last, you know, three or four issues, and then it's gone. Some things are going to be rebooted in the wake of it. But it's still just not the same. And I forgot to mention last week, there was one on episode 400, Marvel announced last week, and I'm sure that, that Nate will find the flaw, the lost Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale miniseries in their color Captain series. America White! When they made Captain America a black man, they're going <laughs> to... And all the problems, and I'm not the only one to notice this, I'm saying it's been all over the internet over the weekend, that... I, I, I tweeted out for Fanboy Planet to say, couldn't they have called it Captain America Red, White, and Blue? Would it would it have killed them to change the title? Um, and the thing is, it was a miniseries that was delayed like eight years. And mm-hmm. so I understand, and, I, and I, I've had my problems with Jeff Loeb's writing, but I have loved those collaborations with Tim Sale, no question. But to release at this time, when you've got the Falcon wearing, to say, and... Just in case you missed it, Steve Rogers was the white Captain America, and it just felt like it, it, I felt like Mayor Quimby on uh, right. or the police, right. uh, the police chief, uh, Chief Wiggum on right. The Simpsons, going uh, really couldn't happen at a worse time. Really, this could not be a worse time when the, when Quimby tries to bribe him in front of everyone. It's like it's a bad time. It's really a bad time. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I got that press release and went, yeah, it was a bad time. It was a really bad time. It couldn't come at a worse time. Uh, so I mean, this is called Red, White, and Blue. Um, you can keep the color scheme. I mean, I know there's been a Spider-Man blue. There was Daredevil yellow and Hulk gray. So, come on. Yeah. You know, um, or Captain America rainbow. Blue. What's wrong with that, you know? Or wait wait until... They you... haven't used... They used red for Spider-Man, right? It's, no, it was blue. It was Spider-Man So they blue. couldn't use Captain America red? Well, because then it has communist overtones. Uh, the first issue could be oh, red. God help us. The the first issue could be red, the second issue white, and the third issue blue. Because sure. then you've established that that's what you're getting f- towards or something. You know? Right, 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 right. Or Roy G. Bivs. <laughs> Captain America, Roy, Roy G. G. Biv. Um, anyway, well, my, uh, so your next choice, Rick. I'm sorry. I, I, I distracted on that. Yeah, was I'm, important. I'm just going to say, if it's a decent story, hold off on it for a year or two until you've rebooted Steve You've Steve already Rogers waited and, seven years. Yeah. What's another? Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> hold off on it. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, so something with no uh, racist overtones. No. Um, 
We got <laughs> master of kung fu. Master of kung really? fu. Really? No racist overtones. <laughs> Absolutely not. I, this is this is uh, has always been one of my favorite books that since no, I know. since it first came out. Or is it and, master race of kung fu? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, it starts off uh, the art style in this starts off looking kind of woodcut, and then goes and um, I'm not sure. So the uh, the penciler is. Oh boy, Dal Dalibor Talajic, Talajic, I think. <laughs> um, uh, there was no time for my eyes to focus on that. I can't tell Dalibor Talajic. Oh yeah. Okay. Talajic probably with that Talajic. little. It has that little. It's got an accent. Has a little tilde and, over yeah. the C, so I yeah. think that makes it a sh sure. sound. Okay. So Talajic. Uh, but you know the. It's impossible to actually have you do this in an email, but if someone can record a pronunciation and wants to send in to editor at fanboyplanet.com, if you know how, because we are if not... Dalibor could write I, in. I just want to praise we him. We are not purposely mangling the man's name. I'm going to really give him so, praise, uh, so much praise on this because it is his own style, but even the the page layout and the page and the art style is reminiscent of Paul Galassi, who, who was, after Jim Starlin... But I think really was the artist for Master of Kung Fu. I, I can't think of anybody else who did. We a better can make job. a case for, and, and he's faded away because unfortunately he died young. Yeah. Gene Ha, who took over from Galassi. Yeah, but but that book has always. I don't but Ha was Ha was kind of in the well, shadow. That's of what I'm say, but that's yeah. but that's it's a book that has always that has had a very consistent look to it yeah. all the way through, no matter who was drawing it, except for when they revived it last year. Uh, as a was it Deadly Hands of Kung Fu? Yeah, that um, was that was very sketchy kind of yeah, style. Yeah, and, and and Marvel made up for it. They got an artist who could really do honor to what had come before. This the first. This is second issue. The first issue is really fun with the drunken drunken yeah. fighter style, uh, the way it worked, and all the all the characters coming back from the old Shang Chi stories. Um, this looks hot. I'm so happy with this. Great. So. Uh, my third book will be um, oh I'm torn but this is the one I go read. for four because I've got a fourth one too though okay because we okay I'm gonna go with the experimental things of DC so uh, I'll end with one that I read and I'll, I'll I'll lead this with one that I picked up because well the concept was both silly yeah and their logic for it this is another DC book that does not have to tie into because my god if this kind of, this ties into continuity forget it kill me now shoehorned but they're yeah. reviving prez the first teen president and so she's elected she is elected by i believe social media and uh, the title of the story is corn dog in chief but this is really doing what uh what you know they, they need to do which i've also seen a little bit with marvel uh in the last couple of weeks is when you look at one of the best-selling titles right now uh, for Boom Studios, huge, uh, is Lumberjanes, which is kind of a webcomic, um, kind of an alternative art style. Right. And uh, Constantine the Hellblade is the same thing. Uh, Sonny Liu is not the artist. He's the writer, I think, on Constantine. Um, but Sonny Liu uh, 
was an artist, and this this one is uh, not Talent Caldwell, uh, Ben Caldwell, and Mark Morales inking. So this is you know it's not what you'd expect in a mainstream DC book, and I think it's really great. Oh, I'm seeing Mr. Smiley, so they're it looks very indie. So they're definitely picking up from the original kind of Joe Simon idea, but in a very indie. Yeah, it's a very indie look, and this is what these mainstream publishers need to do. I again, I don't know yet. I haven't read it. If it's going to appeal to me. But put something out there that's going to appeal to somebody who isn't. I mean, I admit it. I'm old school. Give me the superhero knockdown drag out fight. That's my popcorn, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I do like reading the challenging, interesting books that are off the beaten path. And DC's given it. At least this one looks better than the last one that they tried to come out with about a year ago. Was there a prez a year ago? I thought there was a prez. I... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It was, uh, that was the Millionaires, whatever it was, the Billionaires. Oh, the Green Team. The Green Team. Uh, which I only... which was also, I think they were both, both first issue specials. specials. They were. Yeah. Uh, no, prez actually had was an ongoing series But first. it came out as a, no, was I it a thought first it, it was a first issue special first. Green Team was number two of first issue special. I know I, I, think I so. had that. Uh and I'll say that's it. You know, the Green Team series they did last year or two years ago, because I think time flies on us. Yeah. I think it was two years ago. It sucked. It and it's horrible. a weird thing to say in comparison to Joe Simons was actually, there's a lot of charm to it, and they should reprint that yeah. original story yeah. because it was a cool idea. Well, it was it was all about, it, it was got to the fundamental part. Let's, hey, you got money. Let's spend money to do things. Well, and, if you were a kid millionaire, what would you do? Instead, yeah. they made these guys late teens, early 20s. And, and I'm sorry, that's... They were just it was, annoying. It was Green Team, the D-bag years. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to, the, to checking out Prez. And like I said, it's, it's alternative. I like yeah. it. I yeah. want to see that. Because a lot of people ask me that. Like, what do you recommend? And it's like, well, I, I know. You're not going to show what else comics can do to borrow from Boom Comics. Push hashtag comics forward. And I think this is DC's honest attempt to do that. And I read from Gail Simone today, by the way, because you said Sinister Six number three came, three came out. out. Yeah, um, you know, she said she posted a big long thing about how Dan DiDio was the one who came to her and said, "Let's revive Sinister Six because people uh, is it is it Sinister? Not Sinister Six. It's, uh, uh, Secret Six. Secret Six. Let's revive Secret Six because it was a it was a critical favorite. It was a fan favorite. There are people that love it. It wasn't a great seller, but we need this in our stable." Yeah, and you know there it is. That's the Dan DiDio that I fell in love with many years ago, um, and it's already a, kind of a cracking good mystery. As yeah, far as the, what's but going I mean, on. You know what I'm saying? I want to give Dan DiDio credit. Here's the energy of the guy who's like, I just love comics. That's the guy yeah. that I I would attend Comic Con and go to his panel and go, Yeah, you just love comics. I'm into that. I haven't seen that guy. His for panels a few years. are revival meetings. When yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, your other choice? So, my last choice actually blends nicely with Prez because this is uh, Runaways number one for Battle World. Um, Runaways is always a, a fun and interesting story. Uh, the basis of it was a bunch of kids whose parents turned out to be supervillains and they didn't know. And so, when the, the supervillains all get taken care of, the kids run away and they're off uh, on their own. It was, um, the, it was the opposite. They ran away before they could. They well, they ran. Saying. They ran away before the parent, before most of the parents got dealt with. Um, I think there was one that got dealt with before. Anyway, um, this uh, is. It does look like this is not just runaways, but it's kind of a magnet for some of the younger characters in the 
in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, it's not what it was, but that's so, okay. But that's okay, because especially the last panel of it is one of my favorite and, favorite and, young and, characters. And by the so. way, you can still get the trades, and if you're... if the, you, For years, I said it was not only a fantastic book, but it was a great... And it was on the docket to make into a film for a while. Wow. Because you didn't need to know anything about right. the rest of the Marvel Universe. It was tangential. They were on the West Coast where there weren't too many other. They were in yep. L.A. And there were these six supervillains running things. And no one's dealt with it because they're all in New York. And so, the, you know, the Runaways, I barely, in their own title, barely met anybody else from the Marvel Universe. Yeah, it was it was never, never anything that really mattered. There is a character who became a regular who thought he was Dr. Doom's son, Victor. Yes, yeah. And, you know, but you don't need to know anything. You could easily change that identity yeah. for a film. Yeah. I can't believe I'm going to recommend this, but Marvel Studios, it wouldn't kill you to do a movie that is in its own universe. Again. It has a terrific, huge reveal. Because it doesn't the need to be tied in. That's a case, It's a story that would just, you know, I think they should throw one of those out. Let's revive the idea of the Runaways. And Joss Whedon took o- took it over for a while and did some interesting stuff with it. But I really, it, nothing beats that those first couple of arcs. Yeah. They were just perfect. Yep. Um, my, uh, my last choice will be Dr. Fate, number one. Dr. Fate is one of my favorite characters, and I don't know why. I think it goes back to my Slurpee Cup days. You just um, want the helmet. <laughs> I do want the helmet, but it was one of the first Slurpee Cups I got, and it was a cool image of him, you know, uh, out there. This is, again, a very alternative revival that doesn't have to be set in the rest of... Here's Sonny Lou. I knew I'd seen his art this week. There you go. Uh, Sonny Lou, who had done a book for, it wasn't Vertigo, Piranha Press called My Faith in Frankie uh, a few years ago. I think it was Piranha. Might have been Vertigo. Mm-hmm. It's a really fun little romantic comedy uh, uh, about a, a young girl who grows up worshiping a very, very tiny deity uh, who's basically only has one worshiper, and it's this child he's known since she was a baby. Um, and uh, and Frankie is the girl, and so it's really about the god saying, I only exist because Frankie believes, believes in me. Um, it's a really cool, uh, really it's cool a story. codependent relationship. And Sonny Liu just did, uh, last year, and I was trying to, Come up with the title, and I and I bought it, "The Shadow Hero" with Jane Luen Yang, which I'm going to talk about more next week because I just got it, and I'm going to read it and go and be cool, and we may be able to talk to Jane Luen Yang at Comic Con. Cool. Um, so, uh, and maybe Sonny Liu himself. So he's doing the art. It's a, it's you know again a little alternative, and this reboot is he's the the helmet is not Naboo, which has been the the common the common way. But you look at this redesign of the character, and it sort of acknowledges the way Dr. Fate used to look, mm-hmm. but still looks, you know, this, again, could be completely in its own universe, and I'm okay with that, where it's the idea that there's about to be a war of the Egyptian gods. Only the good gods are too weak, so they need to find their champion, who is, there's an implication that this guy... Um, so that's just happening in that one book, right? Yeah, okay. this, the implication is Khalid Nelson is the... Uh, is a descendant of the pharaohs. Uh, Tutankhamun gets name-dropped. Not sure if he's supposed to be a direct descendant of Tutankhamun. But this is a good first issue, just building the world of it. And it's fun. And uh, it was a it was a pleasant surprise. because I, I And Paul Levitz wrote it. So it's got, oh. again, I love when DC reaches back and gives this guy that helped build this company... Yeah. And to prove, man, age is just a number because, I mean, he's got to be in his early 60s now. He's the same, He's a peer of, like, Marv Wolfman and, and Len Wein. And he's telling stories that feel now. 
you know, and and really modern. So uh, very. And every time I see Paul Levitt, yeah, I think of who would play him in the movie. Can you think of the actor? No, I think you've already mentioned on the podcast at least once before. Have I? Yeah, I think almost every time we've met, but I can't think of who you said. Robert Morse. Yes, yeah, you have said that. Yeah. And what's weird is you're smiling like Robert Morse. Of course. So uh, I just got a gap tooth. It's yeah. just a little creepy. <laughs> you know, uh, just a little. All right, so that's our, our comics for the week. Let's turn to some movie news. I'm going to hold off before I make Nate have an aneurysm. Um, are you ready? Because there is news <laughs> to make you have an aneurysm. Uh, Mark Ruffalo gave an interview yesterday where he somebody asked him if he's in Civil War and he and because there's rumors that Hulk is in Civil War and he says he says I don't know nobody from the studios contacted me but Robert Downey Jr. says I am but until I see the call sheet and a script page says I'll show up but they haven't asked me to yet but Downey knows <laughs> so, so produced by Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Please you know he's gonna he's his last con the the contract renewal probably gives him a piece somewhere, a small one. Probably a small one. And the renegotiated contract could probably give him. Well, a that's bigger what I mean. Piece. That's what I mean. I don't think I don't think his first contract because no because they got him cheap. But when they when he agreed to come back, I think that was yeah more. So here's what's going to ca- cause Nate's aneurysm. Um, you like Denny's, Nate? Oh, I love Denny's. No, you're not gonna now. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Uh, you know, as we've noticed, uh, that uh, some of the X-Men characters, at least, are showing up in Comic-Con exclusives for Marvel. Like, Magic is in a Doctor Strange set, and I think Storm shows up as, an, as action figures. There are a few things where they're appearing in other people's things, but Fantastic Four still is not. But, uh, but that doesn't mean that Fox isn't going to try to license them. So Denny's has just destroyed the Grand Slam for you, because they're going to have a... I can't even pronounce it with the four in there. The Slaformtastic, uh, Slamtastic crossover with the Fantastic Four. See, so there's a giveaway, and the Grand Slam breakfast is turning into being Slaformtastic. Um, so there are four elements to the fan, to the. Well, let's see. Pancakes, slam. pancakes would be the thing because nobody scrambled knows what eggs. it is. Scrambled eggs. That's that's pancakes, a, bacon, uh, and sausage. Hot coffee is uh, is, that is the human you get, torch. You get I your don't meat. Know. You get your meat product. You get the, your egg, egg product. product uh, you, get your, the, you can stretch the sausage out. That's uh, <laughs> Mister Fantastic. Right. Um, you know, I don't know. Did I mention this on the podcast that like m- my kids saw the poster? They didn't know it was coming. I hadn't really talked to them about it, and we went to the theater and they saw the poster. And and I thought that Luke's response articulated uh nate very well my, my daughter said first they look like kids and yeah. that really bothered her yeah but luke had i thought was the best thing and it's like i had not put my finger on it before he says the thing looks scary i don't want to see a scary uh, thing he's a hero right and he then it really bothered him. Like we sat down to watch a movie, you know, and we were always he's getting not there a little like early. Cuddly rock man. And he sat and he sat there and we talked about it. like he was really bothered by how but the thing is, you know, he's nice. He's got his girlfriend and he's got yeah, you know he's, and, and I said, Yeah He's the ever loving blue eyed thing. Yeah, and apparently at the licensing show they had a full body statue and he's just like he's not wearing shorts. So <laughs> it's he's also naked as this big rock thing. Wow. So that's weird. It's just all, and I and I realized something. It was, and, and this is not necessarily an insult because sometimes the guy has done some really good work. But but by nodding to the Ultimates version of the Fantastic Four, 
Mark Miller is sort of their Kevin Feige at Fox. Like he's the mastermind guiding or, or allegedly they had made a big flurry a couple of years ago that they had signed it to. So they're, I realized they're bowing down to his version of the fantastic four, which is the version that Marvel deconstructed and destroyed as quickly as they could. Because right now that Mr. Fantastic is the biggest bastard in two universes. The only one who's more evil than Dr. Doom. Yeah. So, they're following, they're pleasing Mark Miller instead of Marvel. Right. And instead of fans. Instead of fans, yeah, because we didn't spark to that Ultimate yeah. Fantastic Four. We didn't like them. If you're gonna, if you're gonna do, a and Marvel knows this. Marvel knows this. Fox doesn't. If you're gonna do a, a successful comic book movie, you do it by making it the book that people want to go to see. Which is, oh, this just in, Warner Brothers has announced Brother Power the Geek. Have they? No. (laughs) I would see, I would go see that. (laughs) Well, the two of us who would are at this table right now. (laughs) But, but, and, and that's what Marvel's done. They have paid homage to the because the, you know, the base stories, and well, they've not because, tried to reinvent. There was, a, there was a great article. I can't remember which magazine just did it about about the Avengers. Maybe it was the New York Times about about how the the rise and fall of the Ultimates universe. And I think I I don't know if Nate you read this because they said they were talking about how the Ultimates launched with a bang. Mark Miller did this with Brian Hitch, and it was great. And visually, the team on film is the ultimate right but it's the old personality exactly because captain america is kind of a jerk but the, miller's point was you had to be in war but that's not who steve Rutt, who chris evans is portraying no. um but i that why nate would find it interesting is that they said like as we were talking about the decay of it how jeff Loeb's ultimates three with the assassination and all this weird stuff Jeff Loeb, despite being head of television for Marvel, declined to be interviewed, would not even talk about it, because basically Ultimates 3 is what killed the Ultimates universe. It sold so poorly, the fan reaction was so bad, they'd just gone too dark. And, yeah. and But I also realized, you know, the beginning of the Ultimates 2, they were dark, but there's something interesting, uh, and I never, I thought it was cool, but I was just like, I'm uncomfortable, but I was okay with it, because I, I always treated the Ultimates as an alternate universe version. And Ultimate Spider-Man... And the Ultimates did that best. I'd never really liked Ultimate X-Men. I never really liked Ultimate Fantastic Four. Because they felt like they were just redoing... There were there were times when I really liked Ultimate Fantastic Four before they made the turn on Mr. Fantastic. It actually lasted quite a while before that it happened. It did. It did. But... And I did like the Ultimates before it got super dark. And I think the thing was they, they did that... Manhattan underwater storyline where yeah. like so many people died and you know and they kept on like leading up to these world destroying events and you thought okay they're gonna they're gonna wrap the whole thing up they're gonna finish it all off I'm buying into this I, I mean you're actually I was cheering for the idea that they were going to draw the stories to a close and be done with well, it. Well, Galactus attacked the, you know, yeah, the, the, the hunger. The hunger was supposed to be, it was kind of like, this is it, it's they all They essentially over. drove Joshua Hale Fialkov, who is a fantastic writer, um, out of doing mainstream comics again. He dipped a toe in, did had a bad experience at DC. I mean, I shouldn't say it because I don't know. I don't think he's yeah. ever publicly commented on it. But I feel like he had a bad experience at DC, and then he went over to Marvel, and he kind of had a bad experience at Marvel. Yeah. Flip side, he's doing quite well with some great independent books, but it's still, you know. I, yeah. I, and maybe we can catch up with Josh uh, at uh, at Comic Con. But um, 
Yeah, so anyway, we're back to don't go to Denny's this summer. Um, but, but you know, the, the one the one title that was good all the way through was Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Spider-Man still was did. marvelous all the way through. Yeah. Uh, also interesting. Marvelous. <laughs> it was the ultimate. Also interesting is that Fox has pulled from all streaming, and we didn't talk about this last week, the previous two Fantastic Four films. So you can't find them on iTunes. You can't find them on Netflix. You can't. You can still watch the Robert Cor- Roger Corman one. Not, I have a theory about not this. Not legally. Uh, what is that theory? They just, don't want, they just don't want anybody they, to watch them. They don't want anybody to watch them because when they watch those and then watch the new one, they'll say, be like, wait, those, those two old ones were way better than this crap. And I already can say that with great confidence. And because I know, again, I'm in the minority, and I'll just keep harping on it every time we bring it up. Like Robert Morris playing, uh, who did we just say? Uh, Paul Levitz. <laughs> Paul Levitz is, dude, those were great kids' films. And I still feel when I see superhero movies, I I would like us to give it up. Um, you know, I want to see I, I kids. I, I like I'd like to see a live action Batman again for kids. Yeah, I you know I'm. I, I I've got I've had my grim and gritty. It doesn't have to be totally slapstick or anything either. No, it could be. Just, I mean, you know, for all its flaws, Tomorrowland was a good effort to do a kids film that adults could enjoy. Brave and the Bold, and it's re- live action. Brave and the Bold. Oh. Hit that note. Oh, I just lactated. Uh, so that's. <laughs> oh, I have to change my shirt. Um, no, I because I agree. I, I still think that animated series was so good and it had its dark things yeah. i mean you know buona beast spoilers it's like six seven eight years <laughs> old but buona beast they built up he sacrificed himself and he didn't come back yeah they took a character that was also treated as an outsider because from his very first appearance he's weird his powers are weird that was batman thinking that and treating him and then that he's the one that gives that sacrifices himself you know kids had to deal with some interesting things yeah um you know so anyway i i, I agree with i that that's nate's theory is is accurate i don't think fox is absolutely saying oh they're gonna they're gonna be nostalgic for that I, but you know it's not like it's gonna warm them up for that i film. am totally open to the idea that this movie is not as bad as we think it is i'm willing to go with it as open mind as i possibly can but all signs point to... Totally believe this film will not cause cancer and rats. A studio knows they screwed up big time. Yeah. Um, but one that didn't is Disney just greenlit the Maleficent sequel, which may be a screw-up because I do feel like if ever there was a good movie that the did not sh- cry out for a sequel, yeah. it's Maleficent. Well, isn't the sequel Snow White? No, it's Sleeping Beauty. No, it's That's not. That's what I meant. No, it's well, the no, flip that- side of Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. It's it's one of those like wicked. Well, this is what was really going on. You yeah. heard somebody's story of this. You heard this is really it. What you heard was third party. This is the real yeah, thing. Yeah. You know. Um so so Disney is basically admitting that they got the story wrong originally? No, it's just giving an alternate <laughs> view of the story. Oh my gosh. No. Don't you understand? They're just chasing the money and they are right. Like Wicked opened up this whole thing of and it's Gregory Maguire's work. Yeah. The novelist of of telling the here, you know, because there's Wicked, there's Confessions of an Ugly Stepsister. Uh, did you, read, you know a movie you I would Wicked? see? Did you read Wicked? Oh, I've read Wicked. I've read Wicked, Son of a Witch, and I've read A Lion Among Men. I haven't read the last one they yet. They cherry-picked quite a bit out of, I mean, they cherry-picked the Wicked story with not, without getting in deep into the really depressing politics. Oh, you so. mean the, the stage musical? Yeah. Yeah, the stage musical is nothing compared to the darkness of that uh, novel. Yeah. And 
I've read through, like I said, I've read three of the four uh-huh. that they now call The Wicked Years. And, and I've read uh, some of his other work, and it's like, you know, I, I'm going to get what he's doing. Um, yeah. It's also very maddening and very frustrating because he doesn't like to give answers. Um, and yet, they're, they're great reads. He's a great writer, but man, you know, it's sort of like The Dark Tower. I had to be at a certain age to realize that I'm with Stephen King when it's like, we're just not always going to get answers. We're just not always going to get answers. Yeah. Uh, just as we're just not going to get a remake of The Crow because they've lost. Most of the press has said this is their second guy to, to, leave, to leave. But this is actually like the fourth or fifth. It's just that they got farther. Bradley Cooper was supposed to play The Crow at, some, at one point like six, seven years ago. Uh, Jack Houston has left. And now they don't know who's going to play The Crow. So... Nate, I'd say it's time for you to raise your hand and say, I can play the crow. Oh, I'd love to see Nate and Crow make up. Nate. You know who could play the crow? Who could play the crow? Uh, Brandon Lee. Just grab your old DVD and stick it in there. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Um, um, <laughs> I got nothing to say past that. Uh, I don't know, Rick, did you get to see, I didn't put it in the, the itinerary, but did you get to see the ad that Kevin Feige took out? Congratulating Jurassic World for the biggest I did. company. I did. Which uh, with Chris, Chris Chris Pratt on Pratt a, on a riding with, a dinosaur, riding a T Rex, and the the T Rex is holding Thor's hammer. Well, yeah. here's what I said: is like somebody posted that I think it was Jason Salazar posted it, and I and said, "Well done," which I think is good. It's like yeah. there's a good nature. Yeah, that's a, definitely. You know, I'd rather think of my create my creative idols here as as that way. But thanks I, for raising the bar for something we can shoot for. Now. My post, but my posting was it was for, it was strictly for Rick. Was I said, so what? That, you know, to me, Marvel congratulating Jurassic World. That's not Jurassic World. That's Star Lord riding Devil Dinosaur. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. So. That's exactly true. <laughs> so uh, you know that was cool. Uh, a movie that's going to open this week. Uh, speaking of family films that are. Um, you know, for adults as well, but still absolutely, absolutely appropriate for children is uh, Inside Out, Pixar's latest. Speaking of Jason Salazar, he and I went to see it Monday night. And uh, I, I will say this is going to be a, a difficult film. I mean, a lot of people are already saying, well, it's like, it's Herman's head. Remember that sitcom? Well, yes, they have the same idea, like many of, of Pixar's films. Yeah. The idea has been done somewhere before. But it's not the tale, it's the teller. It's the way it's done, it's the style. I mean, you know, Stan Lee was right years ago with The Incredibles. I did it right when it was Fantastic Four. Yeah. And But The Incredibles is still its own creation and story. magnificent, uh, you know, version. So Inside Out is a very interesting visualization of the thought process, but it is heartbreaking. I'm probably going to take my kids this, this weekend. It is a really good film. But, uh, you know, everybody's been a kid where you suddenly had those that day where you're emo- it's not even a solid day. You can say uh, when it happens that emotions stop quite making sense to you and and your stability seems to go away. And the filmmakers have said it's like, you know, the moment that your little kid who's always bright and happy suddenly starts becoming sullen. And I dread that. So if you're if you've been a kid, you're like, oh, I know this. I can totally identify. And if you've been a parent. It's if you've gone through it, it's it's heartbreaking, and if you haven't yet, it's it's you're filled with dread because you know, of course, it's got to happen. This is the process of growing up, and and it's being told from the point of view of 
the entire nervous system uh, <laughs> anthropomorphized, uh, but really some really cool visualizations and great talent involved. And, and I was uh, saying to Rick earlier, it's first time I've seen them give the Bill Hader and Amy Poehler get credited for dialogue creation in, in the script and uh, in, in the entire, in the end credits and uh, Lauren Michaels and Saturday Night Live also get uh, a special thanks uh, partially because there are some, I'm sure there's a couple other care, people that are silent line people. I, I, I can't think of at the moment, but, the, but that it's also, you know, some really great character actors and Kyle McLaughlin is the dad and uh, Diane Lane. So it's like, Oh, really good movie parents playing animated movie parents. And just again, which I think we saw after agents of shield, how Kyle McLaughlin really made what could have been a really stupid character work really well because you believe the mania of that he father was, lost he was he was great he was really good on desperate housewives too and he's going to be really great on twin peaks again yeah uh but uh but he's with just his voice yeah what a believable dad struggling to understand and has his comedic moments as well and but the whole thing is really uh you know it, it i i again don't want to spoil spoil where it's headed but it is a message that I totally agree with, and I think it really resonated with me, as, as well as just kind of a philosophy of how life works. And um, so, so you're saying a mature thumbs up, kind a of. mature thumbs up. But it is for kids. But there were a lot of kids in the audience going like, "Well, what's going on?" And you could hear the snuffling as they were trying to figure out. You know, it, it's complicated. It doesn't talk down to children, but yeah. it is absolutely appropriate for children. And that's what I wish superhero movies would do again. Why not? You know, instead of having. I don't think there's been a Marvel movie that I haven't had to have a little bit of an awkward conversation afterwards, you know? So we'll see how it goes when I take the kids. Um, let's move to television because the greatest thing that could ever happen in television happened this week, which is that uh, the, great, the greatest novel ever written, well, not ever written, but uh, American Gods finally got officially, officially greenlit by stars, produced by Brian Fuller. Hugo Award winner at least. And Nebula. Hugo and One Nebula. Brother, I couldn't Hugo remember and the Nebula. Nebula. Well, I, I got the press release. I was there for the announce for the uh, well, awarding of the award. Well, bully. Uh, <laughs> so, Neil <yeah>. wasn't, <laughs> and he was busy having lunch with me. Uh, no, he was not because uh, it's like what's that? Twelve years old? Thirteen years old? Yeah. Um, you know, I love that. Oh no, I think it's older than that. It may be. Uh, you know, I, I I know I have it. Uh, I think my students even. Um, no, it was a Nazi boys. He came to speak at San Jose State, uh. and they stole it from my desk. And they went to get him to his lecture and got it signed for me. Ah, uh, nice. And that was really nice, you know. So, um, uh, so American Gods with the character Shadow, who uh, Brian Fuller swears will not be whitewashed because he's kind of, of of an indistinct ethnicity, but by the name Shadow, you know he is darker skinned. Darker, yeah. So they put out. Uh, they, the stars had asked, go ahead, suggest your, your casting choice with the hashtag cast shadow to stars network. Mm-hmm. So um, I've already seen several uh, comics creators posting who they think. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I don't know who I'd cast. I have to reread the book to uh, to kind of get a picture again. But um, Key or Peel? Oh, my God. Didn't even think of that. No, Key. Yeah, I know. I was just saying. Because I think Key's the action... Nate, would you agree with this? Uh, without betraying any confidence, and Key seems more like the action hero. He's 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 probably the more statuesque, uh, 
of the two and definitely I think I've seen him in a drama recently. Yeah, I would say that. He's also in um Tomorrowland. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's in Tomorrowland. Um but he's there for comic relief. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, also in the um Vacation reboot. Ah. Okay. It's not a reboot, it's a requel. Yeah, well. It's not, I watched the commercial again, and you you know that, but they don't say that in that commercial. No, Chevy Chase. I saw a commercial that had Chevy Chase. I and saw Beverly a commercial that did not have either one of them in it. It just looks and she like called, and her, she called him Rusty. That's not a commercial. I've seen one that does not twice now say yeah. anything about Rusty. This is a Griswolds. We're going to Wally World. You know, yada yada. yada. Yeah. All right. I saw a longer one. Yeah. Watch it on Hulu Plus. Okay. There's the. It's on Hulu when you go to the trailers for you know they have a section of trailers and uh that's the one i watched when you when you explain to me it's rusty and it's all right okay that's better but when i was watching that that first trailer it's like they're just remaking it yeah and the original was a warner brothers but i don't understand because like last summer when they were tearing down nate was a colossus the one that caught on fire that was in the uh yes because now it's twisted colossus it's reopened okay so when they were when they were closing down colossus uh in front of it they had a station wagon, but it was not the family truckster. Mm. And they had an actual statue of a moose. It wasn't Marty Moose. Yeah. So, like, somebody else is clearly controlling the images. And I thought it was a, it was a shame that Magic Mountain, because really its best claim to fame, besides also being where Spinal Tap broke up uh, in Puppet Show and Spinal Tap, um, was Spinal Tap Mark II, that... Um, Biggest claim to fame in in popular culture is that that's it's Wally World, yeah. and so I I was just surprised that they couldn't get the imagery, and then especially because Hallmark released a, a Marty Moose ornament last year, oh. and which you press it and it says, "Hi folks, we're closed." So yeah, I I don't know who has the imagery. But anyway, back to television. So we're excited about American Gods. And then you wanted to follow up on some of the shows that you mentioned in episode 400. Yeah, just basically I saw Dark Matter. And that one came out uh, last Friday. Uh, the The show is basically a, a, a group of people wake up on a spaceship and they don't know who they are or why they're there. Um, the, the show does smack of most of the sci-fi space shows that have been made in the last decade uh, on a more limited budget because the everything is really dark. And I've got the feeling that <laughs> if they keep the lights down, the sets don't show the flaws as well. It really feels that way. I mean, the, the last Stargate... See, high def was not the blessing no, that everybody no, no, thought it, was, it would be. It wasn't. But, but the last Stargate was that way in particular particular the one the the total reboot where it was yeah. a bunch of people who were uh lost out in stargate universe or something i think i don't know but that's aside from that that's years. not entirely damning it's kind of like an explanation perhaps as to why everything's so dark other than it gets a little claustrophobic and depressing the characters are really good and the the premise is nicely developed in the first episode with a good solid twist at the end that you don't see coming and you're not quite sure where episode two is going to go um so 
without without any further spoilers, I just have to say I really endorse and I'm looking forward to this show uh, going forward. There, you know, like with any of these shows where there's like, uh, well, I don't know my name. Well, eventually you're probably going to find out your name. And the question is, will the gimmick of their amnesia be something that they can continue writing in stories when they eventually start filling in or filling in all the holes um, as to who who mm-hmm. they are and why they're there? Uh, we'll see. It, it smacked very, very strongly of of other really good science fiction shows like Blake Seven and, of course, Starlaw, uh, Star not Starlaw, Star Lost. Not Star Lost. Um, uh, the one with the Jim Henson people. Farscape. Farscape, yeah. So, yeah, Star Lost was... Yeah. Which, I mean, I've seen this week, by the way, you know, a lot of references to Blake 7 because, of course, well, I forgot to put it down, but, of course, Game of Thrones had its season finale, which is like... Uh, yeah. Again, if you read the book, I guess there's no real surprises there. Um, but but Blake 7 is referenced again where uh, I had to talk to my boss down off a ledge he he messaged me i'm he was on facebook he said i'm done i'm 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 done with you and i said it's a tragedy yeah this store this this show has never represented itself as anything less than a grand shakespearean tragedy about people some are good some are bad but i think especially this season uh daenerys said it i'm gonna break the wheel yeah if you break the wheel the board had to mix metaphors horribly. The board gets overturned. The board gets overturned. It yeah. gets cleared of players. Because the wheel's on the board. And it's like, it, it's the game of it's, life. And then it's, it's elephants the all the way down. It's the spinner. That. It's the game of life. You, yeah, know, yeah. Brrr, you know, and, uh, well, yeah, yeah, without wait, too many, Nate, do you watch it? Is, you know, I don't want to accidentally spoil some, since I've already spoiled the flash for you. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so the, the idea that, um, major characters die, just means that the and and bad people win. Bad people win, and there's oh, some yeah. there's some big bad people who are looking like they're going to win big time too. But you've got the last surviving good people who are kind of banding together, yeah. and it, that could I mean, and did not Peter Dinklage get the best line in all television history with well what you know. We we can fight. We can strategize. What can you do? Drink. He says, I can drink. I've survived this far. <laughs> <laughs> so also his translation of his language. My, my what's the language of the uh, of uh, where Daenerys is? Uh, it's not Dothraki. It's the other one. It's the other oh, language. Veneer, uh, Valerian. Valerian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My Valerian is. Uh, yeah. He means to say my Valerian is rusty. In the translation, my Valerian is nostril. <laughs> and then she goes. Rusty, I believe you mean rusty. <laughs> yes. The um, the best scene in it was uh, the uh, perhaps the best scene in it was when uh, Varys shows up and their little. I've missed you. Yeah, I have missed you. I mean, that was great. But yeah. but seriously, you talk about acting. If you and I, I may have to watch again. Just, Those two are so good. Just for Cersei's walk. Yeah, it took them three days to film that. Yeah. And where you see her breaking as a character through this and just yeah. like all the mixed emotions, uh, Lena Headey, she you know, is great. And I, I, I hate to sound like one of those book people, but that was 
that was toned down from what the, what was what happened in the book. The oh, book I'm, is so brutal. I'm sure, but and, uh, and I, I, I when the, when she gets when she gets to the end, I'm going, bitch, that was a walk in the park. You know, you you cut your feet up a little bit and got some some dookie smeared send on you. Send all hate mail to sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. <laughs> is that still forward to lawn? No, Shame. no, I collect it because Lon never did. Um, so, and that's for the best, I guess. Um, so, the, shame, shame, shame. Is great. Uh, <laughs> did Mike Michael Davis do something about shame? Was it? I some I saw somebody else do take that as a joke. So I think that's going to be a meme that goes through anywhere you. Oh yeah. Anybody times somebody walks, there's going to be a lot of shame. Jeb Bush with somebody walking behind him. Oh shame. no, she got political. No. Um, I'm just talking about his hair. No, oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. I haven't really seen. Uh, so that's enough of the mainstream TV. This is, of course, E3. A lot of announcements come out. I do want to lead with one to keep Nate interested. Telltale Games announced that there's a Walking Dead Michonne miniseries. Yep. I love the Telltale Games. I mean, other companies have been doing this, but I think Telltale Games crystallizes this idea that games are becoming a and have been for a long time, but but to the mainstream, people can look at it and easily grasp they're a narrative art form mm-hmm. that you can announce as a Walking Dead spinoff. You have to play it to know the story. Yeah, and uh, so, and I know it's disturbed some of my friends when I say you have to actually make moral choices. Like you know, like, yeah, well, welcome to Bioshock. Uh, but, well, yeah, and I say it just like that because it's one of the few games I've actually beaten, yeah, uh, or finished. You don't Did you beat do it without dealing with any of the little girls? Uh, well, you can't do it without dealing with them. You can show mercy more often than not. You yeah. do still have to kill some, but so the of the two endings does depend on on how many you kill. Yeah. Um, I did do it the moral way. I got the happy, <laughs> relatively yeah. happy ending. Um, what a you know, but what a it, yeah. So you've got this Walking Dead Michonne uh, miniseries coming. Uh, first time that the that the Walking Dead game there has indeed tied into the main storyline of the comics. Um, yeah, because they are set in the comics. They're not set in the television series, as Kirkman has said. He has no control over the licensing of the television series. He only has control over the licensing of the game. We know that Marvel's going to develop one with with Telltale. You don't go wrong. But they're really stories. Like I have the Sam and Max games, oh, yeah. and they're not. I played through quite a bit of the first season, and I don't find Sam, I don't fa- and Fables, The Wolf Among Us, right? I don't find them entertaining as games. I find them entertaining as stories. And, and you do have to make decisions. You do have to go one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, and they're definite choices. Like there's really early in the first one, you had to decide whether you're going to lie to a kid or not. You know, about yeah. are my parents coming back? Well, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we do, there's a couple that came out uh, were announced this week that I just think really tie into what Fanboy Planet is. So I will highlight these. Aside from, of course, Arkham Knight coming in a couple of weeks, I, I I'm not getting it because it's PS4, um, and I'm not ready to upgrade to a PS4 yet. But uh, or an Xbox One, despite what we're going to talk about at the end here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but South Park announced another video game, which will be uh, dealing with their superhero identities. So. A South Park superhero game is coming. That should be good. And that should be fun. And Kingdom Hearts 3 was announced. Now, they've been doing the remix, and my kids have been playing that on my PS3, the Kingdom Hearts 1.5 yeah. and 2.5. So, finally, they're moving forward there. In addition to a Final Fantasy 7 redo. Right. Uh, so, Which and, is a really good, that's a classic right, story. Right, but the same company that does Square Final Enix. Fantasy, Square Enix, 
teams with Disney for Kingdom Hearts. So, um, you know, it's a very fun, uh, fun franchise. So glad to see it move forward. Uh, And like I said, my kids have been getting a kick out of playing the remix from from way back when. Which brings me to the point of the backwards compatibility, which Xbox One. Now, I'm going to admit, Microsoft said it's still limited that Xbox One is going to be backwards compatible with some games for Xbox 360. They're going to add them in. Right? How did how did no, they... I heard a stronger a stronger claim for the emulation mode that not yet they've they there's well a... that's actually how it worked with between the Xbox original and the 360 was that every couple of weeks they would come out with a list of the new games that are now right okay so we know a system. list is going to come they had a very uh, they had a list of that's about the way it worked in the past twenty games so far I didn't I I haven't really dug dug down on that um, I did look and there's only one game I want which one. And that is that they have a virtual Disneyland for Connect, and if Xbox One goes back and is and allows for that, yeah, then I may break down and get an Xbox. Actually, I've played it. Uh, it, it was a, a. I don't even care. It's probably not that good, but I just. Uh, it'll give you a workout. I mean, it's 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 more than my Sonic and Mario with the Winter Olympics. I think so. Yeah, I remember playing. <laughs> I remember playing the uh, the Haunted Mansion part of that, and it was like jumping back to forward, left and right, kind of dodging stuff. And all yeah. I've ever, I played it at the uh, Interventions Pavilion, and uh-huh. all, all I all we really did was Main Street, choosing to hug Goofy or not, and get autographs. And so, yeah, I didn't see how deep it went into, except oh, it was like a way to demo Connect before it had really come out. Yeah, you had so. to go. You you have to go into the rides to actually get into some of the more exciting and Excellent. jumping around stuff. All right, okay, yeah. I'm down with that then. Anyway, they're going to be backwards compatible, but PlayStation announced today they don't see any value in being backwards compatible with three. I'm like, value. Well, you are jerks. Value for who? Well, it is interesting because PlayStation had been the one that I think they had pushed back with marketing um, because they didn't want. The economy of used games because it wasn't a PlayStation that first tried. They were going to do a licensing deal that said that you couldn't resell your games, or was that Xbox? I'm glad you remember it? this this way because it was, it was actually Xbox. Microsoft. It was, it was Microsoft. It was the Xbox One before they came out. They said that they were going oh, yeah. to do that, and then they well, reversed back it. Back when they were evil. Yeah, I, I said to Rick before the podcast began. Uh, the other thing is he's lived long enough <laughs> as a microsoft zombie he's lived long enough i was an employee i wasn't a zombie you were a zombie even now they've got their microbes <laughs> in your head uh controlling your behavior and and the cameras are listening right now yeah and the microphones are watching um they're right there on that damn chandelier um thank god it's like 30 feet up anyway uh so uh, that he's lived long enough for Microsoft to not be the evil corporation. Because the other thing that Microsoft announced this week was, what's the name of the of their virtual reality? HoloLens. HoloLens. So, so I had come back last summer from a conference totally jazzed about Oculus Rift. And I still am. But the yeah. thing is, Oculus had been bought by Facebook. And the developers of, of Minecraft said, that's it. We're no longer supporting the Oculus Rift. So they went to Microsoft, and that's why I just think it's funny is that is that Facebook is seen as the evil monolithic entity, <laughs> which they may very well be. Well, they're the ones that actually have all the information on you too now. Oh, Xbox doesn't. No, they really, don't. It, that thing isn't gathering that info as we're talking right now. No, 
You'd say that because you've got the microbes in your head that are controlling your behavior. <laughs> when I've I've gone on record several times, the only one I'm going to give into is if Disney wants to buy us out, I'm there. Well, who's the bigger zombie? The person who types it into the computer to give it to them or has a camera in their house that sneaks sneakily takes it? Neither one is a reassuring scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that listeners at home saw the baleful, withering glare I gave to Rick with that statement. You know, the, 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 the funny thing is uh, uh, Mo, Mojam, the, the company that, uh, that does uh, uh, Minecraft, Minecraft um, is not the only one saying we don't want to have anything to do with Oculus, Oculus Risk, be, Rift because I, I can't remember which, which game. There are other games that are coming out with their own VR headsets that oh, are many not are. Oculus Risk. I, 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 when I came back from that and started talking about it around Silicon Valley, it turned yeah. out that there's there's at least three startups within 20 miles of this Brett Cave at an undisclosed location in the heart of Silicon Valley. Um, 60 feet underground, right? Uh, the, 57. The, 57. Okay, right. Now I always had three. I, I don't know. They don't cut the bump on top. Oh, yeah. right. Look for the burial mound. Anyway, um, so there are at least three startups that are work that were working on something similar. Yeah. Um, Oculus just came through first. You know, that's 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 all. all. Well, Oculus was a Kickstarter too, so it it kind of got people involved in it. And, and they and had the pedigree. Prepaid they and, had the pedigree of ID. Yeah, uh, Eric Carmack from who created Doom, um, which I guess also launched a announced a, a remake or a reboot or you know something at at E three. What didn't next year? Somebody remind me longer before it starts and see if we can get somebody in there um, because, you know, I was down there on a business trip a couple of weeks ago. I went, oh, there's banners everywhere for E3. Crap. You know, the summer's too hard for me, but maybe someone sitting across the table who would like to go to E3 and understand more, uh, you know, would be able to go. Uh, but uh, so... Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give Xbox uh, One the benefit of the doubt there with Minecraft. It's going to drive my son insane because he's been trying to get me to buy Minecraft for the PS3. Dad, you need it. You need it. And I say, no, because I need uh, Disney Infinity 3.0, which, of course, announced that if you have a PlayStation, which is still going to do a PlayStation 3 for 3.0, you get an exclusive Boba Fett for a month before anybody else before does. Before Dang it. Are you lactating again? Well, it was the, you know, I walked into a GameStop where they hard sold me on, you want to pre-order it because there's going to be exclusives. I said, I don't know what they are. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And then that had to be it. It was announced yesterday. And it was like, okay, that finally got me. I'm going to have to pre-order it because I need Boba Fett's my favorite character. Not even really the way he's portrayed. I just love the look of him. I adore Boba Fett in the Star Wars universe. I am a bobosexual yeah so, I'm, I'm trying to remember which game it was that i saw that had a vr headset that i was just going that is going to be just so insane i think it was the rework of um uh the, the valve's first big big title um, uh half-life half-life well that you just got michael goodson yeah the thing is that, you know people i i i will stress again I am not exaggerating having worn an Oculus and experienced some of it at, at Comic-Con as well, and I'm sure there'll be a lot more this summer. Yeah. Um, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not lying about this. It will blow your mind. Some people will not be able to handle it. It yeah. will be too intense. 
Yeah. And uh, it was why I wouldn't play that alien game in an Oculus Rift because I did not want to get stabbed. It was bad enough in Pacific Rim get, watching my partner get eaten by a kaiju. Um, you know, it, it, it's when it's done well. Because yeah. at Comic-Con I saw some, the X-Men one they did for the home video release of Days of Future Past. Was not good. Yeah. Uh, the what was that one about the storm last year? Into the storm. Uh, Warner did one, and they and they did a really cool chamber where you had they put fans on you, and it was like okay, so you can feel it. That's great. But the thing is, and I I don't know if the others. So you can tell me, but I have seen through Facebook, through Oculus, and what they released is they do they do have haptic controllers. Uh huh. I don't know that Xbox does yet. Well, the Xbox, you know, depending on what you call haptic, because the Xbox con- hand controller will vibrate programmatically. Yeah, but the but the haptic controller, the haptic I've controller seen for, for touch, uh, for Oculus is touch. It's like okay. it's like back to the idea of, of so, the power glove from Nintendo. So it's like only a actually works. It's just it's just it's just uh, wiring it up, you know. Okay, but I think, I mean, once you put the, the, again, people will be blown away by that. I don't know which to back because I'd have to wait and see what's the game that I want. Like see, I haptic, said, haptic, is, haptic is good for UI on a, on a glass piece because you need to know when you've made contact with the proper surface and stuff, but it doesn't really give you any, any real-world feedback, you know, unless you're looking for I was touching well, the surface as vibrating. What you need is a set of resistant motors that will press back against your hand and when you come in contact with something it's a primitive so software at this it's, point it's, 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 a, it's a primitive hardware rather yeah but imagine a first per- person shooter in it where you have to hold the gun and, you, and, and you're yeah. practicing that you, as primitive as, as it will be that's easy to do you give them a controller that's shaped like a gun remember okay well other weapons take a grenade you know that you have to constantly throw you know change yeah, yeah. things change weapons because I mean, you think about this, and it seems silly to us. But when they did that great train robbery, and the train went towards people, and it's in black and white and right, flickery, right, right. and people still screamed and ducked, you know, and it wasn't uh, no Lumiere, 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 not not Moliere, uh, totally different Frenchman. Yes, uh, but uh, it, those things all seemed real, even though they were black and white. They probably weren't scratchy. We only have the scratchy versions back there, but. You know, whatever is the level you watch, even a movie from the fifties where the sound effects they were like, "Wow, that's so real!" And three, and it's like it's not to us now. Yeah. So for for the early days of virtual reality, where it's really working, I mean, I know it's not the early days. They've it's existed for a long time in various one form or another, but it's never been as effective as it is now. And that's the thing that was described to me is that we don't have the lag, and it's true, you don't yeah. have the lag. Yeah. And um, so. Well, that's the thing about the Hololens. So the H O L O, not H O L L O W. Right, H O L O. Um, the the Oculus Rift is about putting you into an environment yes. that's created three dimensionally, created as most of the games we see are, and that's yeah. how they get perspective. You're basically a camera in this three D imaged world. Right. The Hololens, you can look at reality. And it can inject aspects of unreality into that. So we could be looking at that wall over there, and I could say, let's look at a calendar, and a calendar would appear on that wall, and I would say, let's look at February, and pages could fall off that calendar onto the floor, and we'd be looking at February. Behind it, we're still looking at the regular wall, 
I'm looking at you, you're looking at me, and we're looking at the calendar together because we've both got the headsets on. That's the difference. Which there has been technology that, well, you know what I haven't tried it, and I think you're going to want to know who really could, is that cardboard headset that Google has for yeah. Androids. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't know if uh, how effective that is. I've heard some. I've heard mixed reactions to it. Um, I, I'm intrigued, but uh, it's probably a, che- a cheaper alternative. Well, Google was the first first software that I actually saw doing it, and it was in early Android. And I think other other apps have done this since then, which was a star chart. And you held your phone up. Yeah, no, you can do and, that. With, you can do that with on, you'd, on you'd iOS see, too. But, but you'd see wherever you put yeah. the phone, that would show you the stars you were looking at. Well, that, and I've qu- seen those. Uh, what do you call that? Augmented rea- or right. enhanced reality through all of the all of the right the, the smartphones. There's a game where you go around. To, there are different parts all over the world. There are different things you have to get a, get a hold of, and you do this all through your phone well, to try and find them. Bitcoin was mapping was mapping uh, cities and neighborhoods in Germany by having kids run around with their smartphones and putting coins. Yeah, yeah, that's the game. Uh, that's, yes, yes. So they were gathering that data. Yeah, there was a film at CineQuest about this. Like the Xbox One listening to us right now, gathering data on us. They're all evil, Rick. Xbox record, Macaw. No! File <laughs> 51. In the tiki 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 tiki. Oh, you know, not record macaws. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because of what the else claws? we got no, to talk because about? Because nothing. That's it. Is that it? Yeah, we're ending on a dystopian note of of the overlords coming. Although I should mention, since uh, one, t- if you have the Waze app, which I know Nate does, absolutely. Uh, because I have Nate, Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice. You did too. Yes. In honor of Terminator Genesis, you can use uh, the Waze. Will give you commands in Arnold's voice. So you can pick the Terminator Genesis option. I did it uh, Monday as well. I'm very excited. Um, it's diminishing returns because obviously you had to be limited to some, uh, you know, not that much. It's not like it goes, go on the dials. Come you are with on me if home. you want to live. <laughs> Take the chop at the Homestead Road. <laughs> uh, it's just not. This is the El Camino. The road ahead. No. Get down. Turn right. I insist. Yeah, that's what I got a lot of. I insist. I was like, okay, great. But anyway, so uh, it's 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 cool. Uh, that's all I have to say. So uh, once again, to, as we said up top, you know, um, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on the Stitcher app. I'm sure we're available uh, other places as well, but definitely on the at www.fanboyplanet.com, and where you can see the photograph from Bat, Bat and Lash of uh, Star Wars cosplayers already lining up for Hall H. I'm just going to spread that rumor. I don't think that's really what's going on, but uh, it's the but you know it's a, it's they're a, still going to be there tomorrow. You know. It's a fun picture, and I'm really glad that uh, that uh, you yeah. publish that picture every day and say they're still there. They're still there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you'd appreciate that. It was, but it was kind of him to let us let us use it. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, you find us at www.fanboyplanet.com. Where as well, and if you find it one through the, one of those other sources, iTunes, please review us, assuming you like us, uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, and subscribe. Tell your friends. And once you're there, of course, you can find the Amazon link to things we've talked about here. If you cannot find them at your local store, you can also uh, donate money to help with hosting uh, with a PayPal link that's right there on every page. And, of course, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. You can also tweet us at fanboyplanet, so please do. You can also find us on Instagram. It's a lot of the same photos, but you know, find us on our Facebook page, Instagram at Fanboy Planet, 
which occasionally leaks pictures of my kids. I can't help myself. And uh, but only in geeky positions, only in geek things. Uh, and uh, like I said, Twitter at Fanboy Planet. So um, till next time and beyond. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Dave Gasta. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you! Yeah, that's once I'm gonna. I have this the uh, <laughs> distinct advantage of not drinking coffee or tea. I dropped. So coffee. I think I figure I can last at least till I'm 45. Coffee? There's nothing. There's nothing inherently bad about coffee uh, or tea. Caffeine is not not one of those things that they say is. Uh, it, hypertension isn't even tied to caf- caffeine, but you know you'll get jitters and you will not be able to sleep and stuff. But it's not. It's not specifically tied to. For six months, Rick couldn't build a Lego set, but you know, it was still <laughs> maybe six years. <laughs> okay, I was big on coffee. I mean, I know. I saw the. I saw the jitters. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Shall we begin? We should. We should begin. Nathan, you sound wonderful. Good. That's good. <clears throat> remember, <clears throat> remember that you don't have to scream. Because I haven't dialed you in for screaming. Let me hear you scream. Do no, do a loud uh, one. I can see. Mary Jane's asleep. I'm going to try not to scream. Okay, good. Excellent. Thank you, Mary Jane. Okay. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. In three, two, one. Oh, listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And here's your host. Derek McCaw, cramp in my neck. <laughs> what? That's I've. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only, only for good. good. I think I can fix that in edit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've got like a half a second lag on us, Nate. That's fantastic. Because you hear us just... I'm still convinced he's doing that on purpose. I, he could be, but I can still fix it in post. If no, I in my headphones, we're in sync. Yeah. Oh, okay, then. Yeah, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> 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 okay.